Today, we are finishing up the series that, uh, that we began several weeks ago about baggage. And, uh, and, and we, we talked uh, about, for the last few weeks, we've talked about different kinds of baggage that you carry. And we're not talking about physical suitcases or backpacks. We're talking about uh, baggage that you don't see but that is very real. And we talked about things like uh, baggage that you pack yourself. That's things that you do that cause you to have to carry some baggage for a good portion of your life. We talked about baggage that other people pack for you. That's things that you weren't responsible for, but somebody else was, maybe your parents or your husband or your wife or somebody you work with or whatever, and it caused you to have to carry some stuff. And then last week, we talked about baggage that packs itself, those things that happen in life that nobody calls, we have no control over, uh, things like disease and death and depression and all those kinds of things, and we talked about that and what we can learn about that. Well, today, uh, I want to talk about um, uh, something, what do you do at, once you get rid of your baggage? You know, the three things we've been talking about every week is we all carry baggage, and then the second thing is, is that baggage makes life more difficult, and then you can drop your baggage. And we've talked every week about the fact that you can take whatever it is, whether it's something you did, something someone else did, or something that just happened, you can take all of that stuff and you can give it to Jesus. You can place it at his feet and allow him to take care of that, and you don't have to carry it anymore. And you can give your life to him. You can ask him to forgive you of your sins. The Bible says we've all sinned. And, and, and then you can begin a new life with him. But once you do that, what do you do next? Because this is, I don't want this, this message series just to be about making you feel better. And for us to get done and you to say, man, Cliff, that was awesome. I got rid of some baggage. I had a sorry this person in my life or sorry that person. They had put baggage on me and I got rid of it and now I just feel good. That's awesome. I'm glad you feel good. But what, what do you do next? And so I was reading through the scripture several months ago and we were, I was thinking through this message series and I came across Matthew chapter 10 verses 1 through 8. And this is a, a passage of scripture where Jesus has selected 12 guys that, that we call the disciples, that, that they, were, they were his main guys and they were going to be going out and doing ministry with him and, and learning from him and just spending time together doing life with him. And in this passage of Scripture, Jesus is sending them out. He's given them some instructions for how they're supposed to live life. And as I started looking at it, I thought, you know, that's, that's kind of what we need to be focusing on. Once we get rid of our baggage, once, once that stuff is gone, then, then what do we do next? Where, where are we supposed to go? And so, so, uh, so I thought about this. It's, it's kind of like um, going on a trip. With, you know, life is a, is a big journey. And, and you don't stay in the same place as much as sometimes we want to. And things don't stay the same as much as we want them to. It's always changing. And so we're moving ahead. We're going in a direction. And so how do we plan? How do we plan for the trip that we're on in this life? Because... Because when you go on any kind of trip, whether it's a vacation or a business trip or whatever, you have to make some plans for, for that thing to go the way you want it to go. And so how do we plan for this trip that we're on? So look at Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 8. And I'm going to read all through these uh, to begin with, and then we'll kind of go by in a little bit. But um, Matthew 10, 1 through 8 says this. And he, the he here is Jesus. And he called to him his twelve disciples... And gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, 
Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, that means he was from Canaan, that's kind of hard to say, and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel, and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. So Jesus has given these instructions, and, and he's, he's, uh, he's sending these guys out. And so, so I think there's a few questions that we need to answer as we're getting ready to go on our trip of life, wherever it is it's going to take you. And, and he, he, these, answer, these questions are answered in, in what Jesus talks about here, and, and we need to be able to answer these. The first one that you need to be able to answer is this, know who, know who. Look there in, in, uh, in verse 1, it says, And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. We have to know who is sending us on any kind of trip or who is going with us on that trip. We have to know who. For, for instance, if you're getting ready to go on vacation and, uh, and, 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 and you're, you're taking off, you know who's going with you on that trip before you go, don't you? You know who's going to be in the car. You know who's going to need to go to the bathroom first. And you know probably how many miles down the road before there's going to be an argument. You know all that as a person who's planning a family vacation. Or if you're going on a business trip, you, you know who's sending you on the trip. You know why you're going. That you work for this company or that company and they're sending you to this place and, and, and that's who's sending you. Well, well in, this, in this journey that we're on in life and, and in what Jesus was telling to the disciples here, the who question is answered in verse 1 right off the bat when it says, and he called to him. The who here is Jesus. He called to him. The, 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 and, and the great thing about this is that when, when Jesus called the disciples, and, and he, he not only called them to this, but he's also sending them out. And when he sends them out, he doesn't just send them out on their own, but it says here, it says that he gave them authority over unclean spirits, that when he sent them out, he was, he was sending them with his power and, and he was sending them with his presence. So as they got ready to go out, they weren't going on their own, but they were going out sent by Jesus with his power, with his presence, under his authority. And, and that's the way that, that life is for us. Now, I know that we don't see it that way, though, most of the time, do we? Right now, where you're sitting... I want to ruin your Sunday, all right? I want you to go ahead and think about tomorrow. And you're like, Cliff, I'm trying not to think about what's coming up this week. But just, just let's, let's do this together a minute. Right now, where you're sitting here on Sunday, chances are you already know some things that you're going to have to do tomorrow. You already know how tomorrow's going to work, right? Because your life is kind of in a cycle. And you do some of the same things every week. And so you think through this week, you probably already have some stuff on your calendar. If you're in school, you probably already know if you've got a test or, or you've got some paper that, that you haven't started writing yet and it's going to be due Wednesday and you know, all that kind of stuff. You know that already. And, and we, as, as we go through life, sometimes we get so caught up just in that daily grind. 
We get caught up into, okay, i got to do this tomorrow, and then I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to go to bed that night. I'm going to get up and do some more stuff on Tuesday. I'm going to do all the way that till Friday. I'm going to come home Friday. I'm going to feel overworked and underpaid, and I'm going to be aggravated, and then I'm going to be you know, short with my wife when we go out on a date Friday night. And then Saturday, I'm going to spend all day working in the yard when I would like to be relaxing, but somebody's got to do this daggum yard work. And then Sunday, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to come here, and Cliff's going to tell me something about Jesus and how my life is great, but I think it stinks. And then I'm going to get up Monday morning, and I'm going to do it all again. Right? And that's how we feel sometimes. That's how we get into this cycle of life and, and we think that way. But one of the things that should change our perspective is if we start to remember and start to realize that wherever it is that you're going this week, that someone has sent you there and he goes with you. That Jesus has sent you out. From where, you're, from where you live, he's going to send you out of this place in just a little bit. And, and he is, he's not just going to send you out, but he's going to send you out and he is going to go with you. That he has sent you and he goes with you. That's the thing that we need to remember as we go through life. He has sent you and he goes with you. And that was the first thing that as we get ready to plan for this trip, we pack for this trip, is to know who has sent us. Now, the next part, look at verses 5 and 6. I'm going to go back to 2, 3, and 4 at the end. But look at verses 5 and 6. So Jesus has called disciples together. He sent them out, given them authority. And then verse 5, it says this. These 12 Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The second thing we need to know as we go on this trip is we need to know where. We know who, and now we need to know where. Now, Jesus gives his disciples some pretty specific instructions of where to go. In fact, he begins by telling them where not to go. And, and he says here, don't go to the Gentiles, that means folks who weren't Jewish, and don't go to the Samaritans, that's a different region there in Israel. He says, just go instead to the Jews and tell them. Now, before you get all bent out of shape and then Jesus hated people that weren't Jewish. No, he had an overall plan, and his idea was for the 12 to go just to the Jews, and then later on, there was going to be a guy named Paul that Jesus already knew about, that Jesus was already going to call, and this guy Paul, he was going to take the message worldwide, and he was Jewish, he was going to take it to the Gentiles, and that was going to be his big thing. And so, but so Jesus, though, for the for the disciples, he's given them some pretty specific instructions. Say, just go right now to the people that you live around. Go to the Jews that you already know, the, to the lost sheep of Israel. Go to them, and, and that's where I want you to go. Now, when we start thinking about where for us, where are we supposed to go? Donnie mentioned a while ago. We have a team of people right now, seven folks, I think it's seven, I could name them all, but I haven't counted them. Anyway, we've got a team of people from our church. Right now, they're in Haiti, and, and we support an orphanage down there, and they're down there doing some work, and they had to save money, and they had to plan, and they had to get passports, and shots, and airline tickets, and collect supplies. They had to do all kind of work to go to Haiti, and they're going to be there this week ministering down there. We've also got a college student right now, Taylor Bowen, she's in the Middle East, Right now, she's a student at North Greenville, and she had to do the same thing. She had to save money and get shots and a passport and plane tickets and do all this training. And she's in the Middle East right now serving Jesus. We've got another college student, uh, Brooke Tidwell, who's going to go to Africa, to Uganda, later on in May. Same thing. She's had to plan for that and get ready for that, and she's going to be serving Jesus. We have another college student, Susanna Edwards, who's going to spend all of her summer in Thailand doing missions. Same kind of thing. They had to plan for that, had to get ready, and, and now they're gone. And so it's easy for us that, 
that haven't gone there and that aren't going there, it's easy for us to look at them and say, man, I can see where Jesus has sent them. They're going there because they've been sent by God, and I'm so excited for them. That is awesome that Jesus has sent them, and he has. And what they're doing there is extremely important to the kingdom of God. But what I want you to understand is, is that where Jesus sends you, even though you're not going to Haiti, even though you're not going to Uganda, even though you're not going to the Middle East or Thailand, that where he sends you tomorrow morning is just as important as what they're going to do over there. We need to know where he has sent us. And I think it's interesting that the first place that Jesus sent the disciples was right at home. The first place he sent them was, he, he said, don't even go out of the area. Don't even go to Samaria. Don't even go to the next county over. Just go right to where you work. Go right to the people that you live around. And there is where I want you to begin. And I think for us, instead of looking at, at what other folks are doing and, and thinking, man, that's so much more holy than me. That's, they're doing so much more important work than I am. Listen, it is important and pray for them and be excited for them. But also look at where you are. Look at where, where you're going tomorrow morning and realize that's the mission field that God has called me to. I haven't gone to Haiti, but I am going to BMW. I haven't gone to Haiti, but I am going to Michelin. I haven't gone to Haiti, but I am going to the work site where, where I'm working on that house, or I'm going to Greer High School or Blue Ridge High School or Blue Ridge Middle School. I, that's where my mission field is, where Jesus has called me. See, I think a lot of times it's, it's really easy for us just to miss that opportunity that God's put in, in front of us. And I think some of the times the reason we do that is as we start thinking about, God, what do you have for me? And that's a good question to ask. But I think sometimes we ask that so much, God, what do, you, what do you want me to do? What do you have for me? Where do you want me to go? Where are you sending me? And I think sometimes Jesus is saying, you're already there. I've already sent you there. Just do what you're supposed to do there. And then when the next place comes, I'll show you. I'll open up that door and you'll know exactly when you're supposed to move. Now look at, look at verses 7 and 8. So we know who, we know where, and then verse 7 and 8. Jesus said this, And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Know who, know where, and the last thing we need to know is we need to know what. We need to know what. What are we supposed to do in this place where Jesus has sent us and where Jesus goes with us. What are we supposed to do now that we are there? Well, it's, it's pretty clear and it's pretty basic. If you grew up in church, you're going to think, Cliff, I've heard this message a million times. Get ready. Here's one million and one. Because there's nothing new that, that we need to add to what Jesus has commanded us to do. The two things he says there, verse 7, he says, and proclaim. And then verse 8, it talks about healing sick, raising dead, cleansing lepers. The two things we need to do is proclaim is all about speaking. It's about words. We need to tell what we know about Jesus. That's the first thing. The second thing we need to do is we need to act. We need to do things that show the love of Jesus. It's all about saying and doing. It's all about telling and actions. And those two things go together. And, and we, the tendency is for all of us is that we all want to gravitate towards one or the other. We feel more natural doing one or the other. 
And, and sometimes we, we try to, to make out that the, the one we feel to, uh, you know, gravitate to, towards, the one that's most natural for us, well, then that's really the most important one. That's the one that everybody else should be doing is the one that I'm most natural at. But it's, it's like if you walked out of here in just a minute and all of you got here today riding in a vehicle or a, a motorcycle or a car, unless somebody came on a horse or, or you walked here, you, you came here in a vehicle. And, and so if you were to walk out of the parking lot right in, in just a minute and, and look at your car and one of your tires is flat, what are you doing? You're not going home in that vehicle right away, are you? Because... The tires are important. Now, is any one tire more important than the other? Would you say, you know what? I think I've looked at my car and my front left tire, that is the most important tire on that car. Those other tires, they're okay, but that front left one, it is, it is vital to that car moving forward. Well, if your back left one goes out, you're going to find out that it's just as vital, aren't you? Because we need all of those. And it's just like when we're doing, when we go out to do what Jesus has called us to do, Saying and doing are, are both vital. They're both important. We're supposed to do both of those. Now, now let's just be honest, okay? Telling people about Jesus scares the living daylights out of us, doesn't it? If, 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 you, if you've ever been scared to tell someone about Jesus, I want you to raise your hand. I'm raising both hands, all right? If you've ever been scared to do that, right? And, and if you didn't raise your hand, you either have an amazing gift of evangelism, which is awesome, or you've, you know, you've just never really thought about telling somebody about Jesus. But if you've thought about it, if you've had the opportunity, it scares us. It's a scary thing to think about. Because first of all, they're going to think you're weird, and, and you're thinking, you know, am I meddling? Am I, it's just, am I going to say something wrong? I don't know any scripture, enough scripture. I might tell them something wrong, and they'll reject Jesus. And, and so we, we get all nervous about telling people about Jesus. But when, when Jesus sends them out, he says, proclaim, and, and he wants them to, to tell. Well, what are we supposed to tell? Well, I'll tell you a, a good place to start. is just like you need to start with the people around you. When you tell people about Jesus, you need to start with what he's done in your own life. You need to tell your story. It, I hope you know Scripture, and I hope you're reading the Bible to learn Scripture, but if you don't know a lot right now, you can still tell people about Jesus because what you can tell them is, you can say, this is what he's done for me. This is where I was. This is where I am today. And it's because of Jesus that I got from point A to point B. And he can do the same thing for you. And then if they ask you some weird question like, well, what does the, you know, chapter 12 of the book of Revelation mean? You can say, I don't have the first daggum clue. But you can ask my preacher and they're going to come to me and I'm going to say, I really don't know either. You need to go ask Donnie, right? But, but the, so don't be afraid of them asking something. You can say, I don't know. I don't know that yet, but I know this. I can just tell you what I know. Jesus has changed me, and he can do the same thing for you. It's like last week when we talked about, uh, in, in the message about baggage that packs itself, we talked about when you come through a difficult time that you need to tell that because there's somebody else that's about to go through that same type of, of struggle. That's what you're telling when, when Jesus talks about proclaim, you're supposed to proclaim what he's done for you. Tell your story. And then the second part of that is he, he talks about having actions. He talks about, about doing things. And, and he gives some, some pretty crazy things for the, for the disciples to do. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But, but let's think for a second about doing things. I think sometimes when we think about doing things for Jesus, 
we're pretty good at doing the special things. And here's what I mean by that. Um, We'll stand up here. uh, We usually start this around in um, August. We'll start promoting from here on the stage. Hey, we're doing Halloween hoopla. It's this big giant event we do in downtown Greer. We're going to give away a bunch of candy to the kids in this community and show the love of Jesus. And we need volunteers. We need as many people as we can to be there. And you might be sitting there thinking, man, yeah, I can do that. That's like Four hours on a Saturday in October, other than the fact that I got to miss some football game on TV, I can do that. I can go do that. That's no big deal. And so we sign up and then we can check off. Did something for Jesus. Man, that is awesome. And that's good. Those things are good. We need those things to happen. And and we, we had this morning, we had people up here setting up the stage and people setting up in the in the uh, Freedom Kids area. And, and that's something they can, yeah, did something for Jesus. That's good. But but there's there's more to the doing than just those special occasions. It's kind of like when you have somebody coming over to the house. And I'm not talking about someone who comes over regularly. Uh, I'm not even talking about family. I I tell you what, here's the best way I can say. Ladies, when your mother-in-law is coming to the house, okay, what do you do before your mother-in-law comes to the house? Well, man, stuff gets cleaned that hadn't been cleaned in a long time, right? You're taking off lampshades and dusting them. You're, you know, you're doing all kind of, those piles of stuff that you just generally walk around. Oh, there's a pile of books. There's a pile of dirty drawers. There's a pile, you know, those kind of things that have been there for two or three weeks. The piles are gone, you know, all that kind of stuff. Everything is clean, spotless for the mother-in-law's entrance into the house, right? Because we want it to be just wonderful for them, and, and we want it to be special. But that's not how you live in that house every day, is it? No, every day when you live there, the lampshade's dusty, and there's a pile of books there, and it's just kind of how you live. And I think sometimes when we think about doing things for Jesus, we think about those special events like the cleaning up the big house. We think, yeah, do Halloween hoopla, volunteer at Turn It Up this summer, uh, help at the soup kitchen once a month. All those things are great. But when Jesus here, he's talking about telling and doing. In verse 7, he says, and proclaim as you go. See, it's it's what we do day in and day out. So when, when when we're living life, how are we acting? What are we doing on a daily basis that lets people know about the love of God? How are we interacting with people on a daily basis? Those special things are good. Keep doing those. But what does the as-you-go part of your life look like when it comes to the doing? See, I I said there a while ago, Jesus gives some, some instructions there that just blow our minds. He tells his disciples to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, and cast out demons. I'm just going to tell you, I'm 0 for 4 on those. Never done any of those. When I did youth ministry, I felt like I casted out a couple of demons of some teenagers on trips a couple times, but I I don't think it was really demons. But I'm 0 for 4. Never cast out a demon, never cleansed someone of leprosy, I've never healed the sick, I've never raised the dead. Haven't done any of those. But but here's here's what we can do. You you might not be able to, to, uh, to, to raise someone from the dead, but you can care for the people that God has put in your life and show them love. You, you might not be able to, to heal someone of sickness, but you can be an encourager in the place where you work, which maybe is a very discouraging place to be. You, you might not be able to, to cleanse a, a leper, but you can live sacrificially by, by putting your money towards things that aren't all about you and putting your time towards things that aren't all about you. You may, may never cast out a demon, 
But you can live a life in such a way that you react with kindness and you react with compassion when things don't go your way instead of reacting the way that people expect you to react when things don't go your way. There's a lot of small things that we can do that can make a big impact. Just today, when you leave here and you go to eat, look your wait staff person in the eye and leave them a nice tip. That's a small thing. But you know, it, you have no idea what impact that might make in that person's life. This week, put your phone down and stop the never-ending text conversation you're having with somebody else and just spend some time with one of your kids and put the phone aside for two hours. I'm not going to answer that text because me and you are spending time together. That will make a huge impact. There are small things that we can do as you go that show people okay, this is different. There's something different about this person and what we're doing is we're showing them the love of Jesus. Small things can have a big impact if we continue to do them over time. Now, I want to finish by going back to the three verses that I I skipped a while ago. And it's it's just a list of names. But I want to read them to you again. Verses two through four. Because as we get ready to go on this trip of life, um, I think it's good to see who Jesus picked to go with him on the trip he was taking. It says this, The names of the twelve apostles are these, First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Now let me ask you a question. Have you ever or now been at a place where you just feel inadequate? You feel like you're in over your head. You feel like there's a task in front of you that is too big to handle. You feel like there's things that are expected of you that that you just cannot live up to. I don't know if you've ever been in, in that situation. I know that I have. And I can remember... Um, one of the first times that I really felt like that, and, and I've shared this before a little bit, was when, uh, when Emily, my oldest daughter, was born, and she was teeny tiny. Uh, not, she w- didn't weigh four pounds when she was, came early. She was a little, little tiny baby, three pounds, nine ounces, and they put her in my arms, and I'd never held something that was alive that was so small before, and I realized... This is my responsibility. How am I going to make sure this little child here has food to eat and clothes to wear and a place to live? And I thought, as the next couple weeks went by, I thought to myself, this will get easier, you know. And then I realized, you know, almost 20 years now looking back, that was the easy part, (laughs) Making sure she had food to eat and, you know, that's the easy part of parenting, isn't it? That it, it seems to get, you know, just more challenging as it goes. And it's not just about parenting, it seems to be that way about life. And there was a time in my life when I thought, you know, I really, I'm young, I really don't know what I'm doing, I don't know what's going on, but I'm sure when I get older, it's all going to make sense and then I'm going to have it all figured out. And now I'm 40, whatever, I don't even know how old I am anymore, it's in the 40s, and And I'm looking and I'm going, I think I'm more confused now than I was then. 
Because there's more at stake and I know more about what, what things mean. And it's just one of those things where you go, wow, this is, I really feel like I'm in over my head. I really feel like this is just too big. It's I'm inadequate for what, what God is calling me to do. And then I look at that list of names. And it's a list of guys who, first of all, it's just such a varied list. People from all different walks of life. And it's a list of guys that, that they had no idea when Jesus called them. They had, they had no clue about how to do any of the stuff he was asking them to do. None of them had ever preached a message. None of them had ever done any kind of ministry of any, of any significance. And they were unqualified and uneducated. And then when it came to church leadership, they were unwanted. The, the church had passed them by. These guys, they're not worthy of leading in the church. And Jesus went to those people. And he said, right, you're the guys that I want. Because what he was saying to them was, is, I'm going to educate you. I'm going to qualify you. I'm going to get you ready for what it is that I have you to do. And when he sent them out that day, I'm sure they still felt inadequate. And when they went out and he said to them, heal the sick, cleanse lepers, raise the dead, they were probably thinking, what, what are you talking about, Jesus? I'm a fisherman. I'm a tax collector. I, I don't know anything about raising the dead. And Jesus sent them out and said, I'm going to go with you. I'm giving you my authority. I'm giving you a place to go. I'm telling you what to do. And you go do that and, and you can do it because I'm going with you. And I want you to know today that, that it's so important for us to drop our baggage and leave it behind so that then you can go to the next level and go to where Jesus wants you to go. And I want you to know that he goes with you tomorrow. If you come to work in the morning, you come to your school in the morning, wherever it is you go to school, wherever it is that he has you, when you get there, you're not by yourself. And when you get there, there's nothing that's going to happen that, that, that's going to take him by surprise. He's prepared you for it. And here's the other thing I want you to know. There's nothing you could have done in your past to disqualify you from him putting a call on your life and sending you to that place. And there's nothing that you could have done in your past that's going to prepare you for it more than him preparing you for it. So if you come in thinking, I don't know anything what I'm doing, that I feel inadequate, then you have the right attitude. If you feel inadequate, then you have the right attitude. Because that's, way we, that's the way we should come to Jesus. We should come to him saying, I can't do this, God. I can't do this on my own. I can't even do this with a group of friends. I can't even do it with a good church behind me. I can only do it if you give me the job and you go with me and you prepare me for it. If you feel inadequate, you have the right attitude. This is what I want us to do to finish up. Is uh, I'd like for you to um, just think about your week again. I asked you to do that earlier, but, but think about what you've got coming up this week. Think about conversation you know you're going to have to have tomorrow. Think about a place you know you're going to have to go, a situation maybe that you're dreading dealing with. And I want you to silently to yourself right there, I want you to pray. And I want you just to tell God, this is where I'm, this is where I'm heading this week. You know it already. And I need you 
to help me deal with this. I need you to go with me into this week. Because if you pray about that thing and, and, and you, you begin to deal with that in your heart, Jesus is he's not gonna he's not gonna let you down, he's not gonna abandon you and send you into that week by yourself. And what's going to happen is, is you, your attitude towards it's going to change. You're going to begin to see it as, okay, this is not just the daily grind. This is where he sent me, and this is who sent me, and this is what he wants me to do there. And when you get there, you're going to be able to make an impact for him. Just as big of an impact as, as our folks that are in Haiti right now ministering. So I'm going to let you pray silently for just a minute. So I'm going to be quiet and let you pray, and then I'll pray for us and close us, and then we'll go home. So go ahead and pray right where you're sitting. Father God, I think about the words of the song that we sang before we started the message. I need you, I need you every hour I need you. And I pray that all of us would live our lives like that this week. The number of people in this room, when we leave here, we're going to scatter out all across this area. And tomorrow, all these folks that are here will be in different places in Greenville County and Spartanburg County and other places, and we all have an opportunity to make a difference in the places where we are. Remind us, remind me, that that's where you've called us to be, and that, that you go with us, that you send us there, and that you go with us. I pray, Father, that as we do that, as we, as we go, that we would live our lives in such a way that people understand who you are, that we would say and we would do, that we would proclaim who you are and we would act on who you are and show people your unconditional love and forgiveness. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to be a part of your work. We know you're big enough, you could do it by yourself, but thank you that you include us. In Jesus' name, amen.